the word of the Lord. Moms, happy Mother's Day. Dads, this should not be the only day that you encourage your children to rise up and call mom most blessed. It's up to you, dads, each and every day. Go tell your mother she is loved and adored. Dad, I did it yesterday. I know, but let me teach you another truth from Scripture. If mama ain't happy, it's a rough translation. It's in there, I'm telling you, okay? And we all know it. And but we don't live it. And that's the struggle. That's the challenge. Moms, it's like, what? You get one day? No, it's 365 days all the year. We just pull it out for one special day. Moms, you're appreciated. You're loved. Even though the rest of us probably don't know how to express it well. Maybe it's a love language. Maybe you just prefer gifts and, and, and not the kind that are just crafts with, you know, a couple of crayons. I'm not saying your craft uh, cards aren't good, kids. I'm just saying mom may not truly appreciate the fine art uh, that you created for her. Maybe your love language is words, and maybe you're just not very good at, at expressing the love that you have for her. Maybe it's quality time and you're kind of busy and, and mom's going, well, we're going to go to church together, then we're going to go to lunch together and no naps this afternoon. We're going to plant some flowers this afternoon and then we're going to go out and we're going to do more and more and more. And all the kids and dad is going, yes, dear, we love you. Maybe, maybe that's what it is, right? Physical touch, right? Maybe mom's love language is physical touch and she just needs all the hugs and the love and the hand-holding that you can muster up today. She's, and then there are moms that are going, okay, look, you hugged me once this morning. That was enough. Leave me alone. I get it. You love me. Awesome. Okay. No matter what your love language is, once you understand, moms, you're appreciated. And it's not because or based on anything that you actually accomplish here on earth. You see, we as human beings are sinful, and we are always going to mess it up. So if you are waiting for us to give you the perfect Mother's Day, whether that be in a gift or our time or energy or our effort, moms, I'm sorry, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed every day of the year because we are a fallen, broken, sinful people, and we will not get it right. No, moms, your standard is God's standard. Your standard for behavior is God's standard. It's not what your husband does or doesn't do. It's not what your ex does or doesn't do. It's not what your kids do or don't do. No, the reason you have a standard of behavior that brings God honor and glory is because God sets the standard of behavior. And I know some of you this morning are going, really, that list? I know why you didn't put it in the bulletin. <laughs> Because I didn't want somebody running around here, right, going, see, right here, it says right here, you do all of this. You know, I, I get it. I, I've, I've led some Bible studies for single women before on this section of Scripture, and I can all see them go, right? Moms, you're looking at that list going, I'm exhausted reading it. The lady doesn't sleep, I'm convinced. What's she hopped up on? I'm telling you, it's caffeine or something else. There is no way she gets all of this done each and every day. And that can be daunting. See, oftentimes, moms, I want you to know, today in hearing that word, it feels as if it's overwhelming. But I want you to know that the dads and the kids, the single guys and the single ladies that are here today, we're actually all in the same boat. 
You see, when we read any part of Scripture and there is a list like this of expected behavior, we all look at it and go, well, that'd be nice if I could do that. Spouses especially look at the other and go, well, it doesn't do that, doesn't do that. <laughs> Sometimes that, that not very well. Here's the deal. Dear Christian, we are to look at God's holy word. And it is a high standard. It is a set above the world. And, and what we are called to is this high standard of behavior so that God's name is honored and glorified. Moms, yeah, there's a standard here. Single ladies, you're not yet married. You go, man, I got to do all of these things to get a God. No, we're thinking of this all wrong. She's known for wisdom. Wisdom. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You see, right at the very beginning of Proverbs, and those of you that read Proverbs on a regular basis, this will sound familiar to you. From Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. You see, the beginning of knowledge is equated with wisdom and true wisdom are not is not found in the things of this world true wisdom is not found in accomplishing all of the tasks being mom of the year being able to work maybe an eight to four job not take a lunch break still be home in time to pick up the kids from the bus stop run them off to a, a thousand different activities meanwhile still shoving healthy food down their throats and you're still getting back home in time to get some homework done in bed say prayers and no she doesn't rest on her laurels then she says and I will prepare for the next day and husband what are your needs after a long working day and then she barely lays her head down she immediately goes to sleep three hours later she is up at it again because she's up before and you're going whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't do it I'm out not even gonna try see the beginning of wisdom it's fear of the Lord. And once you understand that this section of Scripture is not just for moms, because I know many of you are going, <laughs> single guys out there today going, all right, Mother's Day, I get to check out. The sermon is not for me. Single ladies, you're going, well, I, I'm not married yet, so I don't have to listen. Some of you are divorced, you're going, yeah, I went through, did all, no, I'm, I'm checked out. Dads are even going, <laughs> that's for you, honey, you just listen today. Here's the point. The section of Scripture is not just for moms. The section of Scripture are for all who want to live in the fear and knowledge of the Lord. And I mean genuine fear that has respect. Respect of the authority that is placed over you. The kind of respect, the kind of respect that, yes, it's depicted here as a woman of faith. But I need you to understand that Scripture uses a metaphor for all of us as the church. You see, as the church, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are known as the bride of Christ. And this section of Proverbs applies to all of us, whether we are male or female. Because as the bride of Christ, this is our list to bring our groom's name, honor, and glory. And so this morning, there's none out of the loop. There is no one that can read through this and hear this word and go, well, it's not for me today. No, dear Christian, it's for us all. 
So now with that in light, let's hear it again. The, the, same, the same verses. Verse 10, a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. We're going through the slides. Noble character. Do the people around you absolutely know that your character, the way you talk, the way you act, is it God-pleasing? Or does your mouth make it seem as if you're just one of the non-believers in the world? Do your actions belie that you don't have faith in God. You're the constant worrier at work or at the neighborhood function. You're the one going, I don't know, it seems scary. I, don't, I mean, do you live in fear? You see, that's not a person of noble character. The kind of noble character that says, I am a son or a daughter of the living king. I have nobility in my blood. Why? Because that is how I was made. I was made by the almighty creator and my character my character is above board. People can trust me. People can count on me. They know I'll follow through. Verse 11, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. I picture that last day when I stand before my groom. I stand before Jesus and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Where Jesus takes great pride in his bride, the church. Where on that last day, all the church comes home and he goes, I love what you did. You did it to my name, to my honor, to my glory. You sacrificed it all. I love you. Get over here. We're having a big group hug. I know, some of you are going, oh, again with the hugs. Twelve, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. That we would bring Jesus good. That we would not harm his name, that we would not sully his reputation. That we would act in such a way that, that the people around us would go, look, Look at the church's husband. Look at Jesus. Look what he does for her and how she responds. 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Another translation is delight. She works in such a way that she loves doing it. She's skilled. She's absolutely skilled with the work of her hands, and she doesn't tire from doing it, and it's not laborious, and it's not a chore. Can you imagine if the church, if the body of Christ, if the bride of Christ loved working? If it loved working with skill to bring God's name honor and glory, as opposed to drudgery. <sighs> How come they need more volunteers at church for crying out loud? Don't we have 1,200 members? Can't they? Somebody else do it? I'm tired. What do you mean serve out in the community? There's other Christian churches. Can't they, can't they take care of it? No, but that the church, Jesus' bride goes, what else can I do for you today? How can I love you and honor you? 
Verse 14, she's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Do you you know what the perfect hostess is like, right? You show up, you get to their house, and and you're trying not to impose, right? You're like, oh, thanks for having us over. And the hostess is like, oh, not a big deal, you know? And whatever. You go into the room, and there's like fresh-cut flowers, and there's little soaps, right? And the bed is turned down, and there's already a, a towel with a washcloth, all right? And then maybe even a little note, we're so, we're so blessed to have you in our house today. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. We are never hosting because I am not doing these things. Right? right? You set the standards so high. What did they clean for years before they came over? Right? But, you know, a great hostess makes you feel welcome and at home. Dear Christian, is that how we treat uh, the blessings that God has given us? Do we welcome Jesus home each and every day? We say, hey, come on over here. I I got a place for you. Here, let's read your word together. Man, let's spend some time together. Let me praise and honor your name in in song or in voice. Or let me share about you. Let me introduce you to my neighbor. I want to share you. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. The picture here is that she is a great steward of all that God has given to her. She works it, right? She absolutely, she buys and sells land, takes the, takes the blessing from earning a little bit more, gets a vineyard. Why? Because the vineyard will produce a crop each and every year, a time of celebration. I mean, the picture is that she does work so well that it blesses this family. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She doesn't just take care of her family. She takes care of the people that are around. Church, can you not hear, can you not see the call? That not only do we take care of the body of Christ, yes, we should, yes, we do life together, but we always have a chair open for the needy. We always have a seat open, a place at our own tables at home to bring in somebody that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. That that's at our forefront. We're always bringing in. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. The idea is is that her family walks around like royalty. Not because you're showing off that you shop at Saks Fifth Avenue or you're, you know, got the latest and the greatest, but that you, you walk around with a certain confidence, right, when you're dressed well, right? You notice a kid that walks into church in, in, in shorts and t-shirts and a flip-flop, and I have no problem with that. That is God-pleasing, okay? Don't hear me wrong. But then a kid that walks in with a, with a coat and tie on, do you notice how they walk in differently? I mean, yes, they kind of walk in like this. But they're generally a little more well-behaved. And sometimes that's the picture here, is that our dress has an effect sometimes on, on how we feel. And she says, I'm going to dress us well because we're, we're sons and daughters of the king. 
I just like the idea of being known wherever you go. The people can look at you and go, they just, the character stands out. Their, their body position stands out. They're confident. Their head is raised. They know to whom they belong. They don't have any fear that the world is judging them for what they look like or how they sound because they know to whom they belong. You see, that's character. That's a character that finds its worth in being God's son or daughter. Her husband is respected at the city gate when he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Bride of Christ, to the people around you here, you give honor and glory to Jesus. Is your speech reflective of it? Are your actions reflective of it? Is how you live your life reflective of your groom? Verse 25, she's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. That's right. Laugh at the days to come. Because death, go ahead, come on, you don't win. Cancer, bring it down. I lose hair. That's all right. You may take my life. You may take my home. You may take my family. You may take my riches. You may take everything. You could take my name. But death doesn't win. I can laugh at the things to come because that is a heart that is full of joy, that is full at peace because she knows her husband has got her covered. That's what we're called to live, dear Christian. That's what we're called to live like is a wife who is completely at the mercy of her husband in the good way. He's got it under control, meaning he's got protection. He's got provision. He's got providence. That's a good, safe place to be. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, Husbands, be prepared to die for your wife as Christ did the church. You see, we're the recipients the metaphor Paul speaks of says, we're the bride. And Jesus has already died, been resurrected, and conquered death in the grave. So there's nothing to fear in the future. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Throughout the book of Proverbs, it mentions both the dad and the mom several times being important to the instruction of children, to being, them being raised up in the fear and admonition, the nurture of the Lord. She, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Sometimes I wonder if the church has become uh, one of its greatest sins is slothfulness. Just waiting around for Jesus to come. Well, I'm comfortable. We don't need to be uncomfortable. No, not to be idle. To be about the Lord's business. 28, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. Do you know that God is proud of you? Do you know that? 
Do you know that God, each and every morning that you wake up, I I picture him seated around that breakfast table of his, uh, the triumvirate are there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're they're sharing an egg sandwich or something and and, and a little bit of coffee, right? And and they're going, look. (laughs) Look at the Naranjo family. They're getting up. That's awesome. The Preby family and the Schulze family and... Oh, the Breck family's getting up this morning. Oh, this is going to be so good. This is awesome. Look at all those members from Family of Christ. They're, getting, they're, they're about to take over Monument and the North Colorado Springs and, and, and surrounding area because, man, they, they get it. They're with us. They're awesome. Scripture says God takes great delight in you, his bride. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We will do things well here at Family of Christ, but we will not be adorned in such a way as to just be attractive. No, we will fear the Lord because that is the hallmark of the bride of Christ. It is a bride that says, God, I will do what you want me to do. I will let all the world and everything that it says is valuable, I will let it go to the side. I will trust you to provide for me. I will trust you to protect me. I will trust in you completely with my whole life. Give her the reward she has earned. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Scripture says, let them see your good works so that they will honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We do good things not because it earns us salvation. We do good things because it brings God's name glory. And friend in Christ, When it all seems lost, when you see the list and you say to yourself over and over, I can't measure up, I don't measure up, I don't want to measure up. Remember this, to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Let us consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that we will never grow weary and lose hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Amen. And now may this word of the Lord truly strengthen your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until His return to take us home. Let's rise.